Now beginning transmission 60. Love is love. File under Pride Month. ポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。サンタン。サン。Each Welcome to episode 60. Holy shit, kids. Wow. Uh, right. Funny books, funny books and Firewater podcast. We haven't missed a week yet. Not yet. No, uh, we're going to get an ARP card soon. We are, actually, yeah. Uh, yes, in podcast years, we're ancient. Uh, but this week, we are beginning our Pride month-long celebration, and we're starting out with Love is Love, a book that was done to support the victims and the families of victims and uh, the survivors of the Pulse Orlando shooting in 2016. So they had a really quick turnaround, actually, of this. Uh, yeah, it was almost one year ago... Like, like like a week or two away from being the one year anniversary. I got this for Christmas. Actually, this was my Christmas gift from Maya. I wanted to look at the publishing date to see how fast it turned around, just out of curiosity. It doesn't have an actual date on it, but it does say 2016. So within the year, that's that's an impressive turnaround. Which is part of the cool thing about this is you have a lot of you know really heavy hitters in the comic book community, like Gail um, Simone. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean Scott Snyder, and uh, I mean a lot of people are involved in this. And, and what's really really cool is if you know. Most times when people do a benefit for something, it's like, you know, part of the proceeds will go towards, you know, this campaign or this charity. Uh-huh. Uh, if you look on the back, and this, actually this is, I have it in physical form, which for me is different than most things we read. <laughs> the very back says, all proceeds from this book goes to the victims, survivors, and families via Equality Florida. Uh-huh. So li- literally every single penny you spend on this after cost of goods and, you know, shipping and marketing it's all going to benefit the people who suffered and lived through this. So that's, that's mm-hmm. really cool that, you know, as much as I'm more Marvel than a DC, I mean, this got me huge, huge, huge points in the DC world because this is this is what needs to happen more often. And we'll, we'll go into it later, but this is, this is why comics are amazing. And this is why mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So, so actually, this book is an IDW publishing book. Right. But- on the back it says editorial and related services provided by DC which means that then they could use DC characters and, like Batman um, and Poison Ivy yeah but yeah but mm-hmm. it's mostly an IDW book yeah yeah either way still pretty freaking awesome 
Yeah. Either way, it, there's a lot of really talented people who came together for this book, um, and we have a lot of talented people joining us today on the podcast. Uh, the <laughs> yes, yes, we do. And sitting in my living room, we have Todd. Hi, this is Todd of Utah fame, but not in Utah, so I'm just slumming it here in L.A. for a while. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast and sleeping on Brian's couch as <laughs> if the cat lets me. So and also my, my movie date. That's true. Yes, absolutely. I am happy to squirm <laughs> sitting next to Adam any day as well. So I just get passed around and happy for it. My couch surfers, uh, other man, we have Adam. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Adam, uh, <laughs> Todd, uh, Todd's my, uh, my, my step in husband for when I don't have my husband at my, uh, <laughs> my movies. Uh, yeah, I'm the uh, film critic and reviews editor for bigshinyrobot.com. Check out myself there. Lots of movie reviews. Also, please follow me and us on Facebook. Guess what? Movies are expensive. And if you're taking your family, you're looking at 100 bucks to get popcorn and soda and all that fun stuff. Uh, I actually have a really good relationship with all the studios and pretty much hand out movie passes like candy. So if you want to go see a movie, chances are I'm probably going to let you see it for free. So follow us and I'll put stuff out there so you can see things. Also, I'm the co-host of the Bored as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. Hi. Yay, Hi. and uh, we just hit our, our big milestone of 100 episodes, which we talked about last week. Uh, Andy has a sign-off, finally. It's, uh, it's uh, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. And nice. Right now, you can know where it's from, so we both have sign-offs, and we have a lot of fun there. And, yeah, it's, it's June. Uh, the day this airs is the day after Utah Pride, so... If things go my way, I will uh, have cosplayed as the shame nun from Game of Thrones. And, and my goal is to walk around the protesters with a bell going, shame, shame. But we'll see what happens because I'm a, I'm a big girl and none outfits are kind of hard to find if it's not Halloween time. I know someone uh, who can help you out with that. Girl. <laughs> Q, you're not here, damn it. I know. I'm just saying I got a bunch of nun costumes but I can't send them out to you because I know. Before the show. If, it was, if this was after the show had happened, girl, you know I'd hook you up. Oh, with I know. You're, you're, you're my boo. Uh, but yeah, that, that's me and uh, yeah, June is going to be a fun month. We're just hanging out and then counting down the days to actually go to California and visit Brian, my family, and all my friends. So I just, I need to get away from work. It's killing me. And I've learned that I can only do that by leaving the state. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I get called in and have to work half my vacation. So, yay! <laughs> Expert on nuns and the other man in my life, we have... Hi, I'm Q. So when this airs, it'll be the day after uh, my cabaret. So Demanda Martini will be super fucking tired. Uh, (laughs) I'm tired. Hopefully that went well. Uh, I will have already completed The Tempest by the time that this airs. I just did another matinee today. And again, Effie, I'm tired. Um, of all the problems you're causing us. And um, so two of the three things that, I, that I've been talking about forever will be done. Uh, we will still be um, doing Sister Act. In fact, I think the Monday that this airs, that Saturday, is my deadline for Costume Parade, which we should pretty much be done 
by then, but I mean, there's still a lot to build. So every nun gets two habits, one normal, one glitter. We still have to make all the vestments for the Monsignor. We gotta make all the altar boys. We gotta make all the prisoners. We gotta make the fantasy dancers. We gotta make leisure suits for Curtis, the, the villain of the show. Ugh, so many things. So, ladies and gentlemen, the, the moral of the story is when someone's like, yeah, it's super easy, it's just a bunch of nuns. That's a lie. To quote Dream Girls again, that's a lie, that's a lie. Because <laughs> seriously, a show is never as easy as it is pitched to you, especially in costumes. <laughs> so, also, uh, we can't announce it yet, but uh, when this airs, we will also, because, you know, Lord knows I never take a nap, um, we'll be gearing up for our Christmas show. Yay! So, potentially it could be backed by popular demand, but we're, we, I can't officially announce that yet. We're working out, um, rights. We were officially denied Christmas Story the Musical again. Uh, apparently there's some fucking touring company that no, won't give us the rights. No, they're filming it. They're broadcasting. What? There's a broadcast mm-hmm. version of, I saw it online the other day on uh, Broadway.com, they're filming the Broadway, t- like the tour of it, and they're, uh, they're broadcasting it on television, so you would be interfering with television rights as well as a touring okay. company. So, also, uh, so we're also supposed to be doing Jesus Christ Superstar at Easter time. I have a feeling that we are also going to be getting those rights pulled since they just announced that it's the newest NBC live musical. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, but uh, as much as I love Rent, I don't want to see a live version of it because they can't no, do Rent. No, I don't. Listen, they can't they, do they, Rent on broadcast TV. But also, they can't... They already know that they can't do the movie. <laughs> and all the people are way too old. And to be honest, I don't want to hear anybody else sing those songs. Like, And to be honest, no, they're, they're already... The, the last performance of Rent on Broadway, the night it closed, they filmed it. It's out there on... Amazon DVD Blu-ray. It's fucking amazing. It's fantastic. It is wonderful. That's all we need. We don't need a live action version where they have to censor it and they can't say fuck and they can't yeah, talk so, about ah. So I've seen Rent twice live. I went and saw it on tour um, back when I was in high school and then I went and saw it in New York when um, my BFF Jen and I were in New York so we went and saw Wicked which I saw Megan Mullally's final uh Show as Glinda, so good. But also, Wait, we Megan went... Mullally was Glinda. Not, not Megan Mullally, M- Megan Hilty. I'm okay. Sorry. Oh, we mm-hmm. saw her too. That was that was our that was our Glinda when we saw her in Pantages. Yeah. I have a I have a signed cast poster by her. Really? I love I'll that. Your anyway, um, I'm gonna get on with another channel. Megan Megan Hilty. Uh, that that show Smash. What a crock of shit. Oh my god, yes, Smash is amazing. Ever ever cast Captain McPhee over Megan Hilty. Never in a million years. What was I saying? So, anyway, so I've seen it twice. Once on Broadway, once on tour. It's not the same. It's just not. I don't want to see anybody else do it. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't, I, I don't want I don't want to see it. I don't want to be in it. I don't want to do any of those things. It's just... Anyway. I, and see, I, I have no problem with a different cast. I mean, people were bitching about uh, Rocky Horror, which the live version had lots of problems, which we're not going there. I don't mind seeing a different cast. Like I said, the live recording I have is a totally different cast than the one I grew up with. Like, Rent for me was when I was in high school in the process of figuring out I was gay and trying to, appropriate for being Pride Month, trying to find ways to come out. And I was a huge theater nerd. I was doing shows nonstop. And that was our soundtrack. Like, we rocked out to that every single day at school when the teachers were there because it was a conservative Christian school and we couldn't listen to Rent because it was about gay people. Uh... But the story and the ideas and everything that's about Rent has no business being on, I'm sorry, broadcast TV. If it was like HBO or Stars or something, or Netflix, I would, I would embrace it with both arms. But you can't, 
you, you have to neuter the story so much, and I, I can't see how they're gonna do it. And as much as I love it, and it's still like every single fucking day, I, I in my head at least sing sing along to one song or like one line from Rent. That it, it's such a part of my life. You can't do it, and I don't want to see that. Yeah, I'll watch I, it. And I will watch it, of course. I don't want to see Rent, but uh, any. Anyway, unless, so the, unless Ben Platt plays Mark, then I'm fine with it. <laughs> then I'll go with it. <laughs> so, I mean, and the thing is that the two times that I that I've seen Rent, they were very good. It was a, they were very good productions of Rent. I just uh, anyway. So here on Rent Talk, Yay, here on <laughs> we're not gonna pay. We're not gonna pay. Thank you. This has been Rent Talk. How are we going to pay? How are we going to pay? I need a small team. That's a family guy joke for those who didn't get it, so. <laughs> In Cyberland, all we can drink is Diet Coke. Coke, 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 Coke. Anyways, uh, this is about uh, comic books. <laughs> Not for Q and I to bitch about rent. <laughs> Oh, also, hi, I'm Brian. I live in Southern California, and I do sound for things, and I will be in Utah a lot this summer. In fact, I will be out there two weeks after this uh, airs to do Big River at uh, Lyric, and I'll be there all summer. So, yeah, so there's that. So, we are doing this week, we are doing Love is Love, which we've kind of discussed what it is already. Adam, you said you thought you had a drinking game for it, but what's your drinking game? It's really funny because back when I read this, uh, it was was Christmas Eve, or around Christmas, uh, when I got it for... A late Christmas present it was like mine. I was like, "Oh, hey, I got you this," and it was kind of before it came out. They got shipped early, shipments and everything else. And I, I said, like, if we ever do a Pride Month, I want to do this book. Like, this book is one of the most important things I've ever read. So, and I'm already going there. So, we're not doing a drinking game because we we don't think it would be appropriate. Uh, it's this is a an amazingly important book and about important matters. But we, I did kind of joke around last episode that. Uh, if we can get through this whole podcast, this whole episode, and I don't cry, you have to go to your freezer, grab your bottle of vodka, and chug it. You, you probably won't have to because I'm probably going to break down and start crying in the middle of this. But if I don't, if I am strong and I can make it through, that's the drinking game because, yes, we're, we're going to have drinks. And actually, I have a really appropriate one, which involves one of the uh, the first uh, drag queens in Utah and a dog, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Because, you know, again, we're, we're here to have fun, and this this book is equal parts enraging, saddening, humorous, enlightening, uh, some of the best poetry I've ever read in my life. Uh, it's just an all-around fantastic book. But, again, if I can make it to the end and I don't cry, and if I have to cheat, I'll mute every so often, uh, then you have to go take a drink. But that's the only really drinking game we want to do because I don't think this is a laughing matter. I think this is a serious matter. But we still want to have fun with it, so. Yeah, I think the best way to handle all of that. Here, here. Book for Pedro. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. Book for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you. Our dear listener. Along with each vote. Our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now who is the bond? I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Hugh, what's your vote? Yes. But I think I think there needs to be 
a bit of discussion about it, but yes. Okay. Todd, yay or nay? Yay. The reason for this book, a lot of it is in the celebration of what humanity is going towards. So yes. Adam, I know your answer, but uh, yay or nay? Like, like I said, yay. This is this is the most important book I've read in the last 10 years. Um, I, I think it's something that everyone should read. I, I think that people who hate gay people should read it. Uh, it may have changed their minds, but it might open their eyes to what life is and what it's like being a person who every single day is worried to hold their partner's hand in public. And yeah, no, it's amazing. And yeah, read it. And I'm going to say yay. And uh, I'm going to just throw in a a little bit of um, my two cents on a side note on this. You don't necessarily have to uh, be a member of the gay community. You can be completely straight and appreciate this book. Um, It does have a lot of, I think it's a very positive book where um, I think in some circumstances you can have uh, a situation where a lot of this would be very negative. It, there, there are expressions of frustration and things like that, but it's not. Necess- it doesn't necessarily go finger pointing. I think it's a very, very positive up thing. And then on the secondary note, on a sort of non-message note, it is also sort of a fascinating and amazing collection of modern comic book art and all of the things that it can do and all the, thing that, the things that it is. And for that, as a comic book fan, it is beautiful and amazing as to what is all really there and entailed in this book. So that being said, anybody have anything they want to say before we uh, we go to our break? No, I, I, I think that we have a lot to talk about after the break. Again, this is one that I think everyone, as much as we joke, like, you know, oh, you know, read it and come back. If you haven't read it, I would really strongly recommend literally pausing the podcast and going out and getting it. It's like seven bucks on Amazon. It's way cheap. But of all the books we've read, this is the one that I'm like, you, you, you need to read this. This is the... This is the one that everyone needs to read this book. This is amazing. I'm being emotional. I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck, so just go with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so now we're going to give you the opportunity to read. If you haven't read it already, uh, press pause. We're going to go hang out in the Internet Cafe, which is the cafe that is within the Internet, not a cafe that provides Internet service. Uh, we will hang out there. We'll have some cappuccinos. Uh, we'll sit and relax. And then once you are ready for us, we will return, and we will uh, come... Uh, I'm hanging out, and uh, we'll talk all about this. Um, yeah. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Welcome back. Uh, so, yes, hopefully you read it and enjoyed it. I should have said, I, maybe I'll put this back in at the beginning of it, but I will say that um, we said last week that uh, when, if you're going to read this book, don't sit down and read it in one sitting. Uh, it's probably best to uh, break it up into a few parts and uh, and, and read it that way because it's a, it's a pretty heavy read if you read it all in one shot. The cool thing about this book is that the whole thing, there are little individual vignettes. Uh, each one's maybe one, two, at the most, three pages long. And mm-hmm. it's done mm-hmm. by different artists, different writers, and it covers different subject matters. So you've got one, like the, the one I love, well, it, it, again, one of the many ones I love is... There's a thing where you see Deathstroke, you know, who's a hardcore assassin, sitting on his chair, and you in the top panel you see him watching the news, and there's guns all over the place, and you see him seeing the story about what happened in Orlando, and he's sitting there and he's like looking at the whole thing, and the very last panel is he threw all of his guns in a dumpster and says fuck it from now on I'll just use karate. You get this hardcore murdering bastard who, even even though he's killed you know how many hundreds of people like seeing that was like enough for him to be like nope fuck it i'm done i'm i'm not doing this anymore like yeah i'm gonna still kill people because i'm a horrible person but i'm not using guns uh that one really got me uh the the batman one where batman is in pulse and 
it's it's graphic. I mean, it shows dead people everywhere, and mm-hmm. he's in there trying to figure everything out and walking through, and just says at the end, you know, there are no answers. And then it, it cues outside, and you see the cop saying, like, oh, I heard he's inside. Yeah, he's working the scene. Like, Bats is the greatest detective in the world. If he can't find answers to why this happened, no one can. And he just sat mm-hmm. there, he's like, there are no answers. Like, there's, there's no reason this could have happened. And then the one that breaks my heart, and I won't look at because I'll... Again, the dream game is I don't start crying. Uh, mm-hmm. You see two guys dancing and it's a back and forth in their heads and they just proposed and the one guy's like oh my god I asked him and then his fiance is like oh my god he asked me he's like, I can't believe he said yes like oh my god I said yes and they're going back and forth in their minds that you know I just got engaged I'm going to marry the man of my lo- love of my life and the very last word is the, the, the very bottom right is till death do us part and that was what five minutes away mm-hmm so I mean, yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot positive here, and there's a lot that's funny. I mean, there's a great thing with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, you know, having you know talking about you know what love is like, and there's so much to learn here. But those were kind of the three that stood out that I've that one, and there's also one where you have two friends, two little boys playing in the street, and they both go home, and the one kid, you know, the, the news is on, and they're showing like you know what happened in Orlando, and the one kid's there with his dad, who is very obviously. A homophobic asshole. And he's like, "Oh, well, good. It, you know, it thinned the herd out. Fuck those guys. What a bunch of faggots." And the little kid, his last line is, "Oh, faggots." And the other kid's at home, and he's like, "Mom, Dad, why are people crying? Like, why is that man kissing a man?" And she's like, "Well, it's because something sad happened, and they love each other, and they're trying to comfort themselves in the face of these horrible things." He's like, "Oh, love is love," or something like that. And it just shows how you mold people's minds from a young age, and. Alright, so my 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 favorite one is um the one that is by uh Chuck Kim and Phil Jimenez, um where it's literally just the two of them talking and it's funny, it's still touching. Um I mean I I don't wanna be the rain on the gay pride parade of this book. However, well, I mean, it's, it's written on pride here for me multiple times while I was in the parade too, so yeah. <laughs> by all means, go for it. Um, I I kind of didn't like it. I fully support what it, what it's trying to do. I am down, you know, I, you know, I'm down for the cause. However, because I, I feel like it, it was, a, you know, a little bit rushed, um, you know, a lot of people kind of have the same viewpoints in it, so uh, like a lot of things are repeated. And I'm talking about the execution, not the thought behind it. I feel like there is still a lot that it. I, I don't. I don't feel like it's perfect. Like I don't. I don't want someone who may not be as emotionally attached as we all might be to this book to read it and then just be turned away because you know we're all touting it as you know the best thing that's ever happened ever. Mm-hmm. Um, cause in all honesty, it's, it's kind of not, I do feel like, um, oh, and I can't remember which guy it was, does this thing where he's like, I don't really know what to say and I don't yeah. know what my perspective <laughs> is and I don't, and he, he's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a straight white guy and, you know, even though mm-hmm. I, I support this, I kind of don't know what to say. And I feel like sometimes some of the people who wrote stories in this did what he said that he didn't want to do and it just kind of proves the point of why he didn't do that 
because like some of it feels kind of like well you know if oh, oh here it is it's by um uh, words by Matthew Rosenberg but I mean I did enjoy you know some of like the you know the superhero ones I mostly enjoyed the ones that are like real that are about real people real life kind of stuff because like even the ones that make you feel like it might be real life it seems disingenuine because it because it, it isn't real it's someone's story and so I I just felt like as something about a real thing that happened kind of inserting your little fictional story about uh, 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 about some things it just again felt felt disingenuine um I also feel like it suffers from the problem that um you know, uh, it's kind of like that. Who's that rule? Where you know you're reading along, you know, you're 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 feeling your feelings, and and then you get to a page and you're like, I have no idea who this is. I have no idea who this writer is. I have no idea who these characters mm-hmm. are. And because they're all just one-page stories out of context, it's kind of it. It took me out of it. Like I, you know, I I was feeling feelings too. I was, you know, in it when. You know, those kind of hard-hitting things are like the images. Um, a lot of them are, you know, are, are just images. So it kind of took me out of it when, you know, it, it just felt disingenuine. Um, so, and this, you know, also just might be me reading too much into it. There were some where it was like written by, and it's like a big name person, but there's really not anything like mm-hmm. written. It's just kind of an image. And I'm just like, are you mm-hmm. just attaching your name to this to attach your name to this so that way you feel like you've done something and and I, I, I don't want to be that cynical person but I am that cynical person so like again it that felt disingenuous to me whereas there is so much heartfelt um, storytelling and art and real emotion and some of the stuff that I feel like not all of it is is up up to that level and, and and again it like for example on like towards the end there's one written by uh, Kieran Gillen who who I love and it's fucking birds I don't I don't get it I feel like it was it, it doesn't really do anything and with all these other things that that you know really made me feel something it it really it really took me out of it you know as, as much as I want to be like yes this is so awesome and it can change people's lives i feel like to to say that is is not 100 percent the truth Hugh, I, I do agree with you I, I think this book just hit me really hard because it, it's emotional it, and you know everyone who knows me knows i wear my heart on my sleeve and like i, I had a buddy who ranted on facebook the other day that he couldn't afford his uh medication for diabetes because he got fucked by the insurance company and I and I'm not trying to brag but I I, I text him like I was like dude I'll give you my credit card number right now like what do I need to do to help you out like that's just who I am and at work you know we we did this little test and you you get your like your top five strengths and empathy is like my number two strength in my life like it's it's something I just it's part of me and it's part of what makes me a leader and makes me a friend to people and so when I read something like this, like I just I immediately jump in and I'm just all, you know, gung ho and my, my heart's just there and 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 yeah, everything you said is hundred percent right and yes there are problems. I guess my thing is just I can against my better judgment overlook them <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh and I I just the the one thing I, I should have mentioned before, like the 
the one page I, I didn't I forgot about was uh, the one by Gail Simone who I mentioned was the very very end is you can't stop us from dancing and I think in in the face of horrible atrocities human love and joy and family and everything else is the one thing we have to focus on and bring us together closer as a community and and that means obviously you know Brian and Todd even though you're not gay you're, you're obviously our allies and family to us it's about the fact you've got to find a way to take what's horrible and what's evil and what's just absolutely disgusting and find a way to twist it and make it better and make a difference and make people's lives better because of what happened and talking about it and being honest and sharing your experiences. I mean, I, I could go on for three hours and that'd be very, very boring. So <laughs> I'll let you guys take it over. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in as the, uh, straight Alliance member here, uh, and throw in, uh, two of the, two of the, uh, the panels or the sequences that I like a lot. One of them um, is uh, it's basically it's a picture of a door and you hear sex noises coming from behind it and it has this whole thing where it talks about the fact that it goes this is a comic book so you don't know if it's a male and male voice it's a female and female voice if it's a male and female mm-hmm. voice if it's a whatever it's like it's just sex no one cares what happens behind closed doors you know really no one actually really cares you know and so it doesn't really matter you know do what you're going to do you know and, and, and be happy and be good to each other and that kind of thing which I really loved the other one that spoke to me on a, on a personal level and I'll discuss a little bit further is there is an issue of two football players on opposing teams kissing and then and it's kind of like, you know, uh, they, they both go out to, you know, play the game and, you know, say, hey, I'm going to kick your ass, but I still love you kind of thing, which I always thought was amazing. I, and part of the reason why I think it, it speaks to me um, and speaks a little bit in a sort of tangential way about Q is that uh, one of my other really good friends um, who, when he came out of the closet, I actually asked him how he, uh, re- like, how his parents responded to coming out of the closet because his dad is actually a professional football coach. And, uh, and his response, which I always thought was really funny, was he goes, my dad was fine with me being gay. He was more upset that I wasn't going to play football, um, which I thought was amazing. You know? And I think one thing that I, I, I have to say is, like, I, and I love Q dearly for this as well, is that I, Q is probably one of the, the first friends. Probably, actually, Q, you are probably the first friend I had who came out of the closet who was gay. And I think one of the amazing things and one of the things I love about Q is that you did teach me that gay people aren't all a stereotype because you were a comic book nerd. You know what I mean? Like, comic book sci-fi nerds was not something I ever associated with, you know, gay people because all at that point, I don't even know if Queer after the Straight Guy was out. I don't even know if I knew gay stereotypes at all, but it was always kind of, like, that introduction to, you know, having a gay friend shattered any sort of preconceived notion about that, and so all of a sudden it was like, okay, all stereotypes aside, you know, it's just, you know, people are whoever they are, and then they're going to love whoever they're going to love, and that's all that matters, which was kind of great, and that's part of what like really spoke to me about that particular panel. So yeah, so there's there's my two cents. Uh, Todd, do you have anything you want to add to this? I do. Um, so flipping through it on my side of things, it's um, probably the panel that got me the most. And I, there was others like as you go through, it's like oh, some of these are these are my new favorites, or who does this person? What do they write? Or is something else that's good? And sometimes they don't speak to you much at all. And that's okay, too. But the one I ended up liking was from Brad Meltzer's. 
and his has like a very peanuts kind of feel to it. Yeah. But what it was, it was just a big group of kids. You've got, I mean, the first panel, you've got one kid being pushed by another. He falls to the ground and then the bully is laughing. And then you see people slowly start coming onto the aid of the kid that was pushed. And at first the bully doesn't seem to care. But as his allies grow and everything to the else, the guy's going, hmm, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. And by the end of it, he goes ahead and everyone's getting behind the bandwagon of protecting this other kid. And even the bully at the very end stands with them and changes his point of view. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I guess, identify with that a lot, even though, I mean, so you've got points of view and you have people here going on and it's like, oh, you're different. I'm going to poke it out. But as much as people want to look at differences and they're not necessarily superficial or anything to that but we're all just like people love is love and people are people we all have the same hopes and dreams and concerns as anybody else and it doesn't matter the where stuff originates from we're all trying to just travel there together and it's easier if we held each other up versus um going down i mean life is not a zero-sum game and trying to get that spread across it's an interesting in a channel and you've got some of these one panels i mean q made some comments and it's there i mean judd Whittick has one where he just drew a pride flag at half mast mm-hmm. there was no words attached or anything there but at the same time it's going in recognition it seems to be a bit of recognition and solidarity i mean when flags go at flat half mast the whole thing is going we need to recognize that this person has passed you're looking at this and something great is gone and we may not even know the other people like i didn't know anyone from orlando personally but at the same time it's it hurts and it makes you want to think what can i do or do you call up your other loved ones and you just go it sucks that this hurts as much as it does why and it's heartwarming at the same time that it does hurt oh i want to throw out one more that i actually i kind of fucking love this comic actually the poison ivy one mm-hmm. with the waiter and the uh the guy at the restaurant flirting and she basically yes. just like uses her powers to be like flirt faster there's not mm-hmm. enough time just move on I, know, with I, life. I, I, I posted that on twitter like two hours ago like i was like yeah. i saw that and i was like fuck it's like we don't have time fucking do it uh, so actually yeah that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna call this drink the flirt faster um i'm now naming this drink that uh it actually its real name from the website i pulled it off of is called the strawberry patch but i'm i'm redubbing it the flirt faster uh, which is uh, one ounce of strawberry liqueur, a half ounce of cherry vodka, a half ounce of galeno, uh, one teaspoon of sloe gin, and one ounce of mandrain juice. What's mandrain juice? And one ounce Man- of win- orange juice. Is that orange juice? Mandarin. Mandarin orange juice. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Uh, okay. And then one ounce of whipping cream. Put it in a cocktail shaker, shake the shit out of it with some ice, and then strain into a champagne saucer and dip Ooh. a strawberry in water, then sugar, and use it as a garnish. Uh, so that's your that's your flirty cocktail for the flirt faster, uh, which I need to write down that name so yeah, I remember and, it. Uh, I'll, I'll hop in mine. So uh, mine is called the Southside, and this actually you have to make it with this gin. Uh, our buddy Jordan told us about. Uh, there's this gin called the Madame Petrini Gin, which is uh, actually a local uh, spirit from a uh, Auden distillery, and it's named after Madame Petrini, who was uh, one of the first. LDS drag queens, I guess you could say. Uh, yes. He was like the 35th <laughs> son of Brigham Young, and he would go and drag and perform at operas as Madame Petrini, and apparently he had an amazing soprano. I mean, we don't know if he was gay or not. He, he had kids, and he was married, and also kind of frequented the baths and places that the, at that time, known homosexuals were to go to. But, uh, 
this distillery made this gin for that, and it's Madame Petrini gin. You can find it all over Utah. But the south side uh, is two ounces of gin. You take a uh, three ounce, three quarters ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, three quarter ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, one ounce of simple syrup, ten fresh mint leaves. Put it in a shaker with ice, shake the shit out of it, and then strain over ice, and then top with one ounce of club soda. So it's kind of like a a gin uh, mojito, I guess, kind of, but. It's uh, it's really cool actually. These are the people who did the the Five Wise vodka and, yeah, the the Madame Petrini gin is a black bottle with a picture, a black and white picture of this, of this Mormon drag queen. So, do do you have a cocktail? Yes. Yeah, so mine is the rainbow, the rainbow cocktail. So, um, there's a lot of stuff in it. So I'm not gonna waste time by naming all of the things. <laughs> you make and uh, shake each color individually and then carefully layer it um, into a very tall glass because there's lots of booze in this because it's, <laughs> you know, all the different colors of the rainbow. And you, you just fill your glass up with ice and then layer each one on top of it. And it there's also a lot of different flavors in here, so I'm not going to pretend like this is going to taste delicious. But... <laughs> It looks cool, though. That's the point. It looks cool. But taste taste that rainbow, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, did you ever see the, uh, I think it was fake, but did you ever see the the, uh, the band Skittles ad? No. So, it's a a nerdy dude on his wedding night with a hot chick, and he's, like, jerking off over. He's like, oh, yeah, taste the rainbow, and then he comes, like, Skittles on her face. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Oh. Also, also, I'll send the link afterwards. I'm pretty sure it's fake, but it's, it's still it's like it was like the banned Skittles commercial, and it's hilarious as shit. Todd, do you have a banned Skittles uh, cocktail recipe for us? Every day of my life. <laughs> um, I guess there's there's two I'm gonna bring up a little bit. One is, um, and it works well with this. Is there's a whiskey out there that I recently got some more of, and I tried out. It's called Jefferson's Ocean, and what it is, it's a small batch of whiskey, and some people had the crazy idea of. Let's put a bunch of whiskey barrels on a boat and have it go around the world a couple times and see what happens. And it's pretty damn tasty. So you don't add water. You don't add ice. You just drink it straight up. Damn straight. And damn straight. And that's really good. I rather enjoyed it. You can get it at Whiskey Street in Salt Lake, but they want like $18 a shot. So I guess if you have that, go for it. But out here in California, it's less than that for the bottle. Ben, I tried to get this at one point at the DABC in Utah, and the minimum order was a case, yeah. and it was $800. And I'm like, eh, not going to do that. Oh, by the way, so there's that. do you have any way of uh, smuggling back a bottle of red rum for me? Uh, I Well, so, yes, I can do that. Let awesome. me know. Because where, where I don't I need want to you to case. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to drive Todd's up when I drive because he's he's not checking a bag. Mm-hmm. So he, he bought oh, a while okay. here and I'll drive it back up with me. So yeah. Right. The airlines want 30 bucks to check a bag these days. Yeah. So when this airs, I'm going to be driving up like next week. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I, I will be in town shortly thereafter so we can, we can do it that way. So. All right. And then my second drink though, it's a shot glass with even amounts of Bailey's Irish cream and Disarono. One of its names is called the blowjob because life's always better with a blowjob. Yes, it is. So go get one of those. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a totally, it's a totally horrible side note, but, um, I sent me a picture of, uh, of this is so this is so random. It's not even funny. I'm gonna pl- press the raspberries button now. Raspberry. In preparation for how random a side note this is, so I this is a little little thing. But so it's it's 
three level cards against humanity cards, and it is a really cool hat is a slippery slope that leads to the KKK, uh, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> well, you, you guys have so again as, as of today, which is like what uh, is actually it's Mother's Day when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually bought mm-hmm. a uh, a smash the alt right shirt, which has a guy mm-hmm. punching a, a swastika. And on the back it says Nazi, and it, it says you know Nazis should fuck off. So it's funny because I wore it in public for the first time. Cause I just got it, and we went to a bar, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I want a picture." And we were at we were at Smith's buying stuff for dinner, and we're walking mm-hmm. down this aisle, and there's this guy and this girl there, and like they're obviously, you know, they're very liberal. I mean, she's got piercings, and she's looks liberal, and she saw me, and she gave me like the most disgusting face, and then she finally read my shirt, and she's like. Oh my god, that's fucking amazing! Like, oh, did you see the back? She's like, oh, that's so fucking cool! Like, I've had more people ask to take pictures of me in this shirt than I have with anything I've worn to Comic Con, uh, which is amazing. So, so fuck y'all, right? <laughs> fuck Nazis and fuck Trump. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking bummed. God, please, no! 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think the, the, the best sort of description of this book is sort of combining Adam's super feelings with my negativity because I still felt those feelings. <laughs> I knew you did. But, but I, I also, but I also want to make sure that like we're being actual kind of critics because isn't that yeah. what we're doing? Yeah. Um, and you know, and not yeah. and not get blind. It's kind of like the like the people who who think that comic book movies are perfect, and I'm like, but they're not. Well, you didn't see Guardians too, then, did you? <laughs> but here's the thing: I, I did, on that one. and I liked it. Yeah, and I thought it was either. super fun. However, fucking Mantis is not that stupid girl, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have it. So, so anyway, they're not perfect. So you have to still, even when you like something a lot, like I fully know that the X-Men movies are nowhere near perfect, but I will still go and see every single one of them because I love them. So, anyway, I, I just kind of want to put that out there that, yes, I'm being negative Nancy this week on this very beautifully put together book, but I just kind of want to keep it real. What's, what's your final grade, Q? I would give it an A for just, you know, all the love that obviously got poured into this and supporting, you know, our community and the people who needed it and all of that kind of stuff. But as far as execution goes with some of what I felt as someone of the LGBT community um, and some of the stuff that was in this book, the disingenuineness of some of it, I would give this book a B. Sounds fair. Uh, Todd, what is your grade? With this book and all, I mean, anthology is really the best title for it. And it's almost like a coffee table book. So you just want to open it up and look at it a little bit and then put it back down again because trying to consume it all is too much. You could even say it's Proust-like. And some people say you need a little bit of Proust every day in your life. Who are those people? They. (laughs) It's they. (laughs) I really did enjoy it. And Q's 
criticisms are fair and the great stuff about it is fair there i mean if you have an option of doing something like this or you want to listen to like the super groups we are the world i'll take this any day of the week over that so i give this a solid a bb plus so but it's um it's something to stand witness to would be a way of putting it so in it things are and at the same time it's kind of hard to go back to it in other ways so it's a solid b plus and i'll be probably pulling it out again and sometimes it'll make me happy and other times it won't yeah you will and that, even that gives me mixed feelings but yeah that's where i put it okay. um i'm gonna go with like a b i totally see where q is going with this disingenuous nature i also sometimes wonder because part of it is there is the rush nature of it but i also feel like if it hadn't been rushed would the emotions have felt as raw and real in some circumstances i think some benefited from the the speed and some fell behind and didn't like it for, for from a straight male perspective there's a little inclusion which I don't need inclusion in this book, but it's a little bit nice to have a sort of an alliance take on it as well. But the other thing is, I just in a general comic book sense, I think it's a very interesting look at the current state of comic books as to who's writing, styles of writing, styles of telling stories through words and pictures. There's something very interesting to be said about all these pieces together. It's, a, it's an interesting collection of that kind of thing. And, and so from that standpoint, I really, I, I love the hell out of it. So Adam, what is your grade? So it, it, actually, it's really funny that uh, Todd mentioned uh, We Are the World because <laughs> one, of the, one of my other favorite uh, two-page splash was uh, done by... Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and his wife, who we know mm-hmm. Bendis does a lot of Marvel stuff, and it was cool to see that this book was important enough to make people cross lines, and as much as we always joke about oh, being a DC or being a Marvel, it, it is kind of true. I mean, it's very, very hard to find someone who, as we jokingly call it, bisexual, who likes both. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it, was, it was great to see people from all comics everywhere jumping in to support this, and like I said at the beginning, like it's it's cool that all all the proceeds, like not part all, if you buy this book, every dime of profit goes towards Equality Utah, uh, Equality Florida, and that's that's like it's an amazing thing. I'll go in saying like you know I I do fully see where all of you are coming from. I, I see where Q is from, coming from as far as people were kind of bandwagoning and hopping on and you know and things weren't thought out the right way or maybe even displayed the right way and. Yeah, maybe, maybe there should have been more allied representation. Um, but I can say as a... God damn it. Whew. Man, I can't cry. Drink. I can't cry. No, I didn't cry. I can't... Because you didn't drink. Um, <laughs> as a kid who was brought up in such a stifling, horrible, religious, thinking God hates me since I was like nine years old, uh, world... To where I was, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but I was gay bashed when I was 12 years old. I was put in the hospital with a broken arm because the guy beat the fuck out of me. Um, and I, I know that's, you know, wounds heal and things change and, you know, what I went through has nothing, has nothing compared to everything that happened in Orlando and with that horrible massacre and, you know, the survivors now trying to still deal with not having loved ones in their lives because some fucking douchebag kill people. Um, I guess maybe because I've... I kind of understand, like, a one-ten-thousandth percent of that. I just... I kind of gave it a bit more of a pass than I should. Like, I'm, I'm at an A. Uh, you know, th- this is the one I recommended. This is, like, my book, and this is the one I've... 
I've only read twice. I read it once when I got it, and I read it again today because it's too emotional and heartbreaking for me. And yeah, as, as Brian said, there's a, there's a lot of positive here. There's a lot of really funny, great things in it that actually celebrate love. And like, and and the the one common theme, uh, um, the one common theme is to keep dancing. Well, at least I'm not the drink. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's dancing is such an, an emotional and happy and joyous. Uh, it's a joyous thing that we all do, and as shitty as what happened, um, we all need to keep dancing, and we all need to, like I said before, like sing like no one's listening, dance like no one's looking. And jump off cliffs like you have wings. Um, because fuck these assholes, fuck the alt-right, fuck Trump, and fuck every single person out there who's trying to put us down. Because, yeah, you can fuck us, you can kill us, but guess what? We're all going to come back, and we're all going to dance our asses off and have the best goddamn fucking time that you can't even understand. And that's how we win. We, we win by dancing. And I'm sorry, I'm out. That's all I have to say. Well, I was going to tell a funny story, but I don't know if that's appropriate right now. So, um, I think we will leave it at that. Next Actually, week, we're, if you want to tell a funny story, that's fine, because I could use one right now. <laughs> so, the funny story is, and it kind of ties into your dancing thing, is I have often made the joke because I work in sound and I work in music a lot. I have, I have, um, I am notorious around my work for my weird little dance move. If you ever really want to see it, uh, give me enough drinks, but I, I have this sort of, like, little white man over by dance that I will do uh, every so often and people make fun of my dance and I often joke that I said well you know it's what you get when I was born and raised in a place that doesn't allow dancing doesn't allow music and people <laughs> believe me because they know I'm from Utah and it is where you know and I'm like well you've seen the documentary Footloose and they're like that's a documentary I'm like oh yeah I mean it's like it's a little fictionalized but it's pretty sweet and people buy that shit uh, it's one of my favorite things to do to people uh, is to uh, fuck with them about Utah and so um, and the funny thing was uh, if you see the movie Basketball they're like you know the, the New Orleans Jazz Move to Salt Lake City where they don't allow music. Yep. <laughs> the other one I did once is uh, I was working at a theater company in Vermont, and my I got off the phone with my parents, and they were coming out to visit me. And people were like, oh, your parents are coming out. And they're like, yeah. And, like, and they're like, oh, so how long is it going to take them to get out there? And they were meaning, like, how long is the flight? But I decided to be obnoxious and a little piece of shit. So I said, oh, well, <laughs> you know, they have to go by the horses. So it's going to take them probably a couple – they'll be here in a couple weeks. They'll be here in, like, two weeks. Because that's when my parents were going to be there anyway. And uh, so, like, they'll be here about two weeks. It takes about two weeks to get the horses across the plains or whatever. And they're like – Oh, and like they're also like they don't know what to say for that, and they and then they they come back a couple days later and they're like, so how do your parents like dress? And I was like, oh well, my dad normally has like a my mom normally wears like a you know black dress with a white shirt underneath. My dad normally wears like a wide brim hat and whatever. And I basically start describing my parents as being Amish, and then uh, then like they come back a couple days later and they go, so how do your parents feel about how you what you do for a living? I'm like, oh well, they're okay with me being in theater because like storytelling is part of our culture. They have a little bit of a problem with the fact that I use technology as part my job and they go oh okay 
And so then my parents show up. And for those of you who met my parents, like my mom was like the sweet little country club lady with wearing pastels. And I love my mom and she's like very loving and whatever. And she shows up, my dad's like in a golf shirt and jeans. And they show up and people looked at me and looked at my parents. And they, like, they looked at me like, I hate you so much. Cause I, I drunk this long pot on her for like two weeks. And I, found, I told That's my amazing. mother that story after the fact. My mother was so thrilled. Like she loves telling stories about the way things that uh, So yeah, anyway. There's a little brevity to, uh, to, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> we needed that. And actually I, I did need a laugh. So thank you very much. I had saved one other thing for a laugh and maybe I'll just keep, I'll throw this in there. Cause I, I had saved something on my phone in case we needed it. Um, and because there are three, this is, I found this out 82 generic gay guy names and what they say about his personality. Oh God. Number one on the list is Todd. <laughs> And says, oh, yeah. works in retail, positions himself as a fashionista, even though everyone knows he's just fleecing his Ralph Lauren employee discount. <laughs> um, <laughs> so number five is Brian with an I, which is clean cut and natty, but dirty as fuck in the bedroom. But Brian with a Y, which is how my name is spelled, is totally different from Brian with an I, a gritty, unapologetic bad boy, but just likes to lie there during sex. So that's me. <laughs> oh, so you're a dead fish. Adam, gotcha. So Adam is number 20, which is, we get it, you're gay and Jewish. <laughs> but sadly, there is no Q. I, I, I apologize. I looked for Quentin. I was really hoping we would all be represented, but there is no Quentin. So I'm sorry about that. Sorry, I'm but the only th- one, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, but it was actually a very funny list, but I love the fact that the three of us were on it. So I thought I'd throw that out there. That was the other thing. I That's good. I'd That's save it just in case. So. Except I'm not Jewish. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's always that. <laughs> anyway, so next week we're going to continue on our uh, Pride Month. We are going to be reading yeah. Batwoman Elegy, which is actually a recommendation from Todd. So, Todd, I believe you have read this. I have. Want to give us a little heads up as to what we're going to be reading next week? So, this is Batwoman, not Batgirl, not Batman, but Batwoman. The art of it's kind of funky and interesting. Greg Rucker wrote it, and it's a great self-contained story that really introduces a kick-ass character with her own motivations and why she doesn't get along with Batman so well. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really is. Well, cool. So, that will be next week. We will continue on our lovely and awesome Pride Month. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Did we skip um, over recommendations? Did I fall asleep? Oh, maybe we did. Did we tell us some recommendations? No. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Q, what's your recommendation? <laughs> I was just like, wait, did we just skip over the part? I'll be honest with you. I was looking at the clock at how long the recording was, and I assumed that we had already done it. I, I totally blanked on it myself. So I was like, I've been around for a little while. So. My recommendation uh, for, for this week it is the very first gay film that I ever bought when I was still, quote, straight in college. Mm-hmm. It's called Get Real. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Ah. No. no. Yes. Oh, my God. I, no. Hold on a second. Hold on. Is no. this about the two guys who end up adopting some kids? Uh, sorry. I, I don't. I have a friend who as it was a child actor, and he was in um, well, a gay movie. Was, I'll have to look it up real fast for a, you. It was a movie, I believe it came out in, like, 99, 98. Um, but it is, it is a British it 90, film, yeah. and it was part of the sort of British invasion of gay cinema because America hadn't quite discovered it yet, um, unless you were dying of AIDS. And um, it is it is about uh, boys in a, 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 in a obviously in, in an English school, so you know mm-hmm. uniforms the whole the whole bit, who um, accidentally stumble upon each other in the restroom. 
and um, one is a soccer star, so needs to really stay on the DL. And um, it is still one of my favorite movies. Um, I also even bought it because it was a play called What's Wrong with Angry, and um, I bought the play. Uh, one of these days, maybe I might try to produce it, although I don't know if I know anyone who's young enough anymore to play the part. Anyway, it, it, it just really kind of, um, I, I guess it, reading this book made me a little nostalgic for that time, like, before I, I came out. Like the Again, the story that hit me the most was um, the Chuck Kim and Phil Jimenez, and... Um, you know, just talking about, you know, when they were growing up and when they were gay and how they felt like they didn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I'm part of that same generation. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, there was the whole gay bashing stuff that happened when I was younger. But then, you know, when I came out and I found community and all that kind of stuff, I feel like I didn't have to, to worry about that as, as much, especially at, at an actual gay club. And that, that movie just kind of takes me back to that time um, that Broken Hearts Club, Beautiful Thing um, I'm trying to think what all those other just terrible early 2000 gay movies are um, I'll, I'll, I'll Trick? What? <laughs> Trick Trick? Oh, Trick, Trick, yes Oh trick. my god, Trick you get, Come in your eye, Gabriel, it burns It um, burns But, um, <laughs> but, get, but get, get Real was the, was the first one that I that I ever bought and it just um, also, not not to get too too sappy again, um, but you know we kept saying you know just keep dancing, and um, it's also this time of year um, a, a friend of mine uh, passed away, and it was Bobby, and um, so when he did die, I, I was in Philadelphia uh, with with friends, and uh, you know I was I was really sad, and obviously I was like you know I don't don't really even want to be here anymore. We had just seen Janet Jackson the night before, and I was anyway I was like super just super not wanting to do it. And um, Logan just looked at me and he was like, "Well, would would your friend want you to just sit here and cry?" And I was like, "You know what? No, you're right. He would want me to go to the fucking gay club of Philadelphia and." dance my face off and I and I think that is definitely something that we as gay people and part of the LGBT community which also includes our allies is you know when tragedy does hit us we just need to just keep dancing okay um so you're, the movie I was thinking of is called Get Your Stuff and my friend Grady oh. is a child actor in it Get your, I've um, never heard of that one um it's I've seen you can look at the, tra- the trailers online but if you watch the trailer, there's a foul-mouthed little blonde-headed kid. Um, that's my friend Grady. Like he grew up. He doesn't. He hasn't gotten much bigger, to be honest with you. He's still pretty small. Um, uh, but yeah. So, but uh, but he was a child actor. Uh, on a side note, so Grady was homesick one day from a shift that we were all supposed to do, and we didn't have a whole lot to do that day because it was raining, and we were supposed to be doing stuff outside. So we sat in on computers. We went through his IMDb as a child actor, found all the TV shows that he had been in, including <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres' show and uh, Dharma and Greg and um, uh, what was it? Um, radio head or um, uh, news radio, and we would find the scenes that he was in, and then we would find out what his lines were, and then we would all, as a group of like 20 people, text him his line from that show all at the same time. <laughs> and so then, like, so he was just sitting at home, sitting off, and he's like, "Oh, they found Dharma and Greg." 
Oh, they found Ellen. Oh, they found news radio. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how we, I, I ended up finding this. But yeah, so uh, anyway, but yeah, watch watch the trailer for Get Your Stuff. It's probably not a great movie. It only has 5.8 out of 10 on, uh, on uh, IMDb, but uh, there's that. Adam, do you have any recommendations? Actually, yeah, it's kind of funny that uh, Q brought up what he did because my thing was uh, uh, the my favorite play of all time is Angels in America, uh, and HBO did a fantastic miniseries of it uh, back in, God, 2003. That was a long-ass time ago. Um, it's like six parts. It's um, it's really cool. It's you know taking a look at the, the AIDS epidemic in the 80s, and what's really kind of cool about this is uh, the West End in London is doing a reimagining of it and Andrew Garfield's playing one of the main characters. Does it have Al Pacino in it as well? The, no, the HBO one does, but the, the, the West End one, you've got Andrew Garfield as Prior Walter, who is like the the prophet. Uh, you've got Nathan Lane as Roy Cohn, who is an asshole and who I'm glad he's dead of AIDS. Um, but no, the, if you get a chance, the HBO version, Al Pacino plays Roy Cohn. Uh, you've got Mary Louise Parker as this Mormon housewife and her gay husband Patrick Wilson is in it uh, Middle Street plays like four parts she plays a rabbi a Jewish rabbi and she's amazing as it uh, I'm sure you can probably pick it up for way cheap or if you have HBO Go or now it's obviously free but uh, it's one of the best plays I've ever read and I do read it about once a year it's the only play I read once a year aside from well I'll, I'll throw in some Shakespeare because I was a theater nerd but uh, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic miniseries. Go watch it. Uh, it was part of my way of coming out of Christianity, we'll say. <laughs> um, but it's an amazing play, so experience that. And then a secondary side note, uh, American Gods is on Stars. It's fantastic. American Gods is one of my top ten books of all time. The TV version's amazing. And... It's really great. Uh, even though I can talk about it, like, uh, Todd and I went and saw Alien Covenant last week. And I'll save my review for later, but all that movie did was reinforce how much Prometheus is the best movie in the Alien series, and you should go watch that after you see Alien Covenant and understand what it's about, because, uh, again, this is weeks in advance, but Andy and I recorded uh, Board as Hell today, and we didn't go into Covenant because we couldn't, because we're embargoed, but... Uh, we did spend 20 minutes discussing Prometheus and the philosophy behind it and nihilism, existentialism, and why, at least on my side, I think it is the the most important alien movie. So, anyways, that's that's my rant. So, I'm done. <laughs> cool. Todd, do you have a recommendation? Um, American Gods was brought up. I was going to bring that up. Thank you. It's the third week in a row, by the way. I know. Well, it's only, it's only been on for two weeks now, so. Well, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Todd recommended it for two weeks in a row. He recommended it the week before it came out. He okay. recommended it the week after it came out. And then, so last week he didn't recommend it, and this week he's recommending it again. So Next good. week, I am predicting that Todd, I will pick something different. Let me look at my magic ball. Hold on. It's a, okay. image is a little shiny. Uh-huh. Todd will recommend American Gods again next week. That's it's that's so my prediction good. right now. Ah. Okay. I think I said my piece. <laughs> okay, then my recommendation this week, uh, since uh, I'm kind of piggybacking on uh, on Adam and Q's recommendation, is I'm going to recommend Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes. Uh, because because that was a, a film that uh, Q and I bonded over, and uh, when I did a show uh, about um, Oscar Wilde in Washington D.C., I uh, I used a song from Hedwig and the Angry Inch over the bow. Because you did it was so yep. great. So and I put that in there specifically for Q. That was uh, sort of me serenading him from the stage. I've deliberately picked that song because of him. So. Uh, 
for that, I'm, I'm recommending Hegwin and the Angry Inch. I, I personally, I loved it on Broadway. The film version is also pretty bitchin', so um, by all means, go check that out. Oh, and um, actually, uh, so going on that note, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, sure. So Eddie's and my anniversary is two days before Christmas, and both of us work retail, so it's like the worst anniversary ever because you can't leave work or go on a date or anything. But uh, at the the new Broadway The Eccles Theater up here in Salt Lake, uh, for like it was like December twentieth, the touring cast of Hedvig came here, mm-hmm. you know, off the off the new Broadway imagining, and uh, our Hedvig was the original Boy George from the Taboo Taboo musical, way back like you know like two thousand four, and it's funny because we knew about him because there's this great documentary called On the Road to Broadway, that went behind the scenes and looked at it was Taboo Wicked. Carolina Change and Avenue Q the year they were all like prepping to go on Broadway so we saw this guy and like saw his whole story and we were front row and it was cool because normally the stage has like a whole orchestra pit but they covered it over so like if you've seen Hedvig live you understand that it's a you're at a concert and Hedvig's doing the show and you're experiencing the story as a concert but there's one part where Hedvig takes a big drink of water and then spits in the audience and he spit in Eddie's face and we both laughed our asses off because, like, that was like our take-home souvenir. Was like Eddie got spit on by Hedvig. So. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Well, cool. Uh, so I think that will do it for us for this week. Next week it's Batwoman, as I said before, um, or I re-edited to put it in or- proper order. We'll see how that all goes, kids. Yeah. Um, until then, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.